0: Thank <laughs> you. Teach me.
1: steps in your word. Amen? Amen. How many of you know that when you're walking down a path that may not have been where God wanted you to be that time? Mm. In the mire of sin, in the, the pit of addictions and God grabbed you out as a brand plucked from the fire and said, walk in my steps, amen? Amen. Oh, I thank God for that, amen? Amen. Thank you, choir, for singing that song. I wanna walk in the Lord's steps, how about you? And sometimes we're in this life and we wanna do our own thing, we wanna go our own way, but God is saying, walk in the way that I lead for you, amen? Amen. I'm glad to be with you this morning. It is an honor and a privilege for me to stand before you. Uh, as I was thinking, uh, sitting down here, listening to the service, listening to the music, hearing the testimonies, hearing the song about the, uh, this morning, uh, the first song we sang—I forgot what it was. Draw me near. me near. I woke up this morning. Yes, I woke up this morning. Ooh, the, the Lord woke me up this morning. Amen. How about you? Yes. He woke me up this morning and he put a burden on my heart. He said, Wesley, something that, that you've done has not been exactly what I wanted you to do. And you've offended someone and you have have, 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 have have committed a falsehood in, in your life, and I want to bring you back onto my, onto my pathway. And I didn't want to hear that this morning. But God said, Wesley, this is my word for you. Will you go to that person and tell them what, you want, what I need you to tell them? And by God's grace, he worked on my heart this morning. Amen? Not in that normal way, but in the rebuking way. Those who he loves, he rebukes and and chastens. And the Lord rebukes me this morning. But I'm glad to be with the saints of God. How many of you are happy to be here this morning? Amen? Amen? Amen. Me as well. Me as well. My name is Wesley White, as the pastor has mentioned. Uh, I'm the Literature Ministries Director for our conference here, have been here for a few short months and I'm glad to be here. Amen. God is doing a mighty thing in this place, amen? amen, and we have many great pastors and great congregations and I'm glad to be able to be a part of this team. Uh, with Literature Ministries, I'll tell, you, I'll tell you briefly about what I do as a Literature Ministries Director. Three things. Number one is uh, sharing glow. How many of you heard of glow tracks before? These little tracks here you can share with people in the community. Amen. A powerful way to witness and share. We coordinate churches going out and doing outreach in the community. Number two is is youth rush. How many of you heard of youth rush before? Only a few. All right. Uh, How many of you know that we need to get our young people involved in ministry? Amen. Uh, One of the programs we run during the summer is a 10-week summer program in which young people uh, ages 15 to 30 are empowered and instructed and trained how to go out knocking on doors sharing Christ in a personal and practical way. And being able to give literature like The Great Controversy, Steps to Christ, all those kind of books. Children's books, health books, and allowing people to understand the, the gospel for our time. So if there's anyone here, actually, uh, a, ranging in age from 15 to 30, and you don't have any plans this summer, we encourage you to come and join us, Knocking on Doors, Sharing Christ, The uh, NUCYouthRush.com is the website. If you want more information, talk to me later about that. And number three, the thing that I do with, with the conference is, is evangelism amen (laughs) evangelism sharing the gospel knocking on doors doing bible studies giving that to the community and i believe that god is moving in that in a powerful way we just finished an evangelistic series and in that series we were wondering we're passing out flyers and and shedding the uh, shedding the light in our community and one person they were traveling from reno all the way up to south lake tahoe where we are and there are a couple there talking in their car saying, you know what, we need to get back to church. We need to get back to Jesus. And the wife or the, the, the lady said, well, I want to go to church on Saturday. And the, and the man said, no, 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 I want to go on Sunday. And they went back and forth saying, "No, I, I always grew up going to church on Sunday. No, 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 I, I grew up on Saturday and we got to go on Saturday. They went back and forth arguing. Then They, they came together and said, you know what, let's, let's ask Jesus what to do. Let's pray and ask the Lord what he thinks we should do. They pray and say, Lord, please guide us. Please guide us. They get home that, that evening, and as they walk up the stairs to their, to their door, they find on the door there a flyer. And on that flyer is the invitation to come out and hear the word of God. Amen? And the man that sees it, he says, oh, praise the Lord. God has answered our prayer. He calls the number on the, on the back of the card and says, hey, I want to be there every single night. I'm reserving my place. I, I wasn't planning on staying here for very long, but please, I want to be there every single night. They came back night after night and after nights, and by God's by, by God's grace, they were baptized into the Adventist Church a few weeks ago. God is doing a powerful work. I know He's doing it right here as well, and I just want to see. I just want to see Jesus come. How about you? I want to see Jesus return in the clouds of glory. And so I hope you brought your Bible this morning. We're going to be diving into the Word of God, and we're going to be sharing from the Word of God briefly this morning. And before we do that, I'm going to say a word of prayer. I'm going to kneel. You can remain seated. Dear Father in heaven, we have come to you this morning, Lord, asking for a special blessing from on high. Lord, you know that we have nothing to offer to you other than a sin-polluted heart, Lord, that you need to cleanse. Lord, there's nothing good that can come from a human being, from human flesh, and so we're asking this morning, dear God, for your Holy Spirit to come into us. Lord, we're afraid for your Spirit to be in this place, but we only not pray for the Spirit to be in this place. But may your Spirit enter our hearts. Transform us, Lord. Make us different people. Allow us not to leave this place the same as we came in, is my prayer, in the name of Jesus. Lord, hide me behind the cross, Lord. Do not allow me to be seen this morning, but allow only you to be seen, dear God. I thank you and pray this in the name of Jesus and for his sake, Amen. Amen. Let us turn in our Bibles to the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 26. You know, I, I remember coming to this church as a young as a young, young, young person. The first time I came here, I was I think 9 years old. And I'm sure none of you remember me, of course. Uh, but it was very memorable to me coming to this church because my father, my mother, and my sister were here as well. And we parked right out front. It was packed that Sabbath as well, just, just full. And we packed out front and, and parked out front, and we were there, and, and, and I, I knew the presence of God must be in this place. You know why? Because my dad received some kind of supernatural strength. As he was opening that, the van door, he pulled open that van door, and it straight up fall, fell off. The glass broke. And we were trying to figure out how we can get that big, heavy door back onto our van. Uh, but the Lord prevailed, and we got it on, and we came and heard the good word here, and we were blessed. I'll never forget that experience. The title of this morning's message is Love in Action. Love in Action. In the 1300s, they were doing a study in the country of Germany. And, and while they were there, they're trying to figure out if, if children were taken from their parents and were never spoken to, not once spoken to, what language they would end up speaking. So they took some Orphan children that had no parents and and they had them in this facility, this clinic, and they would feed them and they would change them, they would give them all of their needs, but they would not touch them and they would not talk to them. And they're trying to figure out what would take place if this happened, what language they would learn if they were never spoken to. What language do you think they spoke? I heard none. That's a good guess there. And you're right. They didn't speak any language. In fact, the majority of them died. They had their food. They had their changing. They had the, what you would call the necessities of life. But they did not have the touch, the voice, the love that is necessary. Is love an important part of our lives? Amen? It is important important part of our lives. I believe that, that God wants us to love each other, to share the goodness of God with one another. i got to share a quick story with you. Uh, during the summer, we have our young people going door to door. And one of the young people that was going door to door, he was, came to this alleyway. And in this alley, he, he, he was not sure if he should go through the, the alley. It was kind of dark. It was kind of uh, not too many houses back there. But the Lord gave an impression as he walked by, no, no, no go, go in there. So he goes in, he knocks on the door. No one comes out. He knocks again. No one comes out. So there's two more houses on the sides there, but he says, you know what? No one's here. I don't like this place. I'm going to leave. He walks out, and then he sees someone in the alleyway, a young lady. She's wearing a backpack, like a canvassing bag, holding her books. She's pointing with her radio to the door on the right-hand side. He says, okay, I'm going to go over there. I'll knock on that door. He goes to that door, and he begins to knock on that door. Now, on this door, it was not a door. In fact, it was actually a a big fence that went across the whole property. He's knocking on the fence, banging on the fence. An older lady comes out of the window in the second floor and says, hey, what are you doing here? Get out of here. I don't want you here. He said, ma'am, I have something for you. I have have something that will bless your life. No, 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 I don't want anything that you have. Get out of here. She turned around and walked back into the house. Well, my friend was not to be deterred. He knocks again. The woman comes again to the the window and begins to scream at him, saying, what are you doing here, young man? I, I don't want anyone here. No one comes to my door. I don't talk to anyone. Why are you here? And she leaves. My friend's like, no, 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 I can't, I, can't, I can't let you go. He knocks again. She comes to the window again and says, what are you, did you not hear what I have to say? I, I don't want what you have. Please leave. No one comes to my home. I don't want you at my home. Please leave right now. And she walks away from the window. My friend's like, you know what? Man, please. And she walks away. He knocks again. Some of you know how the Holy Spirit works on your heart, amen? Again and again and again, right? We have hard hearts sometimes. She, she, this time, comes to the door. And again, as she comes to the door, she's walking toward my friend, and she says, What are you doing? I told you to leave. Uh, Do you want me to call the police right now? And the man says, I have something to give to you. The Lord has sent me here. He takes a book out of his bag and hands it to her. It's called Peace Above the Storm. And as she looks at that book, tears come to her eyes. He hands her another book entitled The Man of Peace, talking about Jesus, amen? Hands her that book, and and, and the tears well up in her eyes, and she begins to cry uncontrollably at that point. And she begins to share with him, like, "You you don't know what this means to me right now. My doctor has told me I have days to live. I have cancer. And no one's come to visit me. My family hasn't come. My pastor hasn't come. No one's come to, 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 to show me anything about what God has for me right now. And, and I was just now in my house praying, praying that God would give me peace. And what do you bring to my door? Beloved, we, we see here that there are people in need, Amen. They're people in need, people that need to be touched by true, divine, holy love. My friend walked out of that door, touched by the experience. He called in on the radio to his leader saying, thank you so much for sending that that young girl, right? That young girl that that pointed me in the right direction. Thank you for sending her. Her name was Ray. Thank you for sending her. My friend on 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 the radio said, no, 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 no. What are you talking about? Ray is not in our team today. She is somewhere far, far away. That person you saw was not Ray. Say, well, no, 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 I saw Ray right here with the books on her bag. She was pointing me in the right direction to that house. If it hadn't been for her, I wouldn't have gone to that house. We know who that was, amen? amen? We know who that was. God is desiring to bring comfort and healing to his people at this time, amen? And how many of you have received peace in your life? Say yes. How many of you have received salvation in your life, Amen. It's our responsibility as those who've received the goodness of God to give that to others. Amen? Amen. Love in action. You know, we, that, that word love is so abused in our society today. You know, uh, you can talk to someone and say, you know, and they'll tell you, I, I love curly fries. <laughs> right? And in the next breath, they say that they love their wife. The comparison, curly fries, your wife? <laughs> I don't know. But that that word love can be really uh, misused, I believe, in our context today. And I want to take a a look and see what God really means when he's talking about what this thing called love is. I hope you're in in your Bibles in Matthew chapter 26, looking at verse 36. When you're there, just say, I'm there. Matthew 26 and verse 36. The Bible says, then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane and said to his disciples. Now, let me ask you a question before we go any further. Gethsemane. What does that word mean? What does that word I mean, we, we, we hear the stories about, of Christ going to Gethsemane and him praying there. But what is Gethsemane? Place of suffering? That's good. It literally literally means a wine or oil press. A wine or oil press, the place where these grapes or these olives were taken and pressed, and the oil was squeezed out of them, the juice was squeezed out of them, or pressurized out of them. That's the place where Christ was, in the Garden of Gethsemane. And it says there, he said to his disciples. Got another question for you. What is a disciple? That's an easy one, right? Yeah. Everyone knows what a disciple is. A disciple is a follower of Christ, a follower of Jesus, someone that walks in and steps. Remember that. Remember that a disciple is a follower of I have have small ears, (laughs) and these things always give me trouble, it's all right. So a disciple is a follower of Jesus, okay? Sit here while I go and pray over there. Now a disciple is one that is to follow Christ and to go where he goes and to follow in his footsteps, to become like Jesus in character. That's what a disciple is supposed to be. But oftentimes, we're going to see what happens to disciples when they take their eyes off of Jesus. Verse 37, and he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and he began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed. Verse 38, then he said to them, my soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto what? Even unto death. Stay here and watch with me. So you see the scene there, Christ has told the disciples, I'm going to pray, please pray with me. His soul is so distraught, he is going to the point of death at this time and he's asking his disciples to be with him as he goes into this terrible ordeal. Verse 39. He went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, Oh my Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me, nevertheless, not as I will, but as but I will be done." So Christ is there, and let me ask you a question: Did Jesus want to go to the cross? Was it an easy thing? Was it a simple thing? Was it serious? It was serious. He said, Lord, if it it be possible, take this cup away from me, but not my will, but thine be done. Thine be done. Continuing on. Look what it says. Then he came to the disciples and found them sleeping and said to Peter, What could you not wash with me for one hour? I want to stick on that for a second here. You know, today, we read the verse that said that he spoke to his disciples. And he spoke to his disciples and he asked them to do something very specific, something very simple. Watch with me and pray. And we see that Christ was in agony. He was being pressed at that time. We find in the book of Luke that when he was praying there, he was sweating great drops of blood. And he's struggling through this life, struggling through this sacrifice. But what are his disciples doing? Beloved, the word of God says... The word of God says that all those who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will do what? Will suffer persecution. But it's funny sometimes that we want to we follow Jesus when it feels good. And we want to follow Jesus when he's blessing us with all, all manner of things. But what about when it gets hard? What about when it seems like our prayers are not being answered? What about the times when it seems like our are prayers are, are hitting the ceiling and things are going crazy in our families? What about those times when it gets rough, when it gets tough, when the suffering takes place in your life? Where are you? Where are you? We see where Jesus was. He was on his knees praying to God. And he said to the disciples, verse 41. Verse 41, it says, Watch and pray. You know, have any of you ever tried to pray and you fell asleep? Yeah, (laughs) right. (laughs) I read that verse in Matt and Mark. Powerful verse in Mark 1, verse 35. It says that Christ rose up a great while before day and went to a solitary place, and there he he prayed. Right? He got up a great while before the day. The Bible says. And I was like, oh, man, i got to do that myself. So I woke up, like 4.30 in the morning, and I rolled out of bed, came and knelt down. I was like, Lord, thank you. Thank you, Lord, for this day. Thank you, Lord, for waking me up this morning. (laughs) The next thing I know, it's 7.30. And I got a little pool of drool right there. <laughs> Gross. But sometimes it can be difficult, can't it? Sometimes we don't have the, 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 the we don't feel the need of, of really agonizing and praying with the Lord Jesus Christ. But the Lord taught me a lesson. In that verse it says, he rose up and went out. Amen. He didn't stay in his room. Because God had to teach me, you can't stay in your room because you're going to fall asleep. It's going to happen. Go out and get up somewhere and go walk around. And, and now what I do, I, I walk around and pray. And I, I just talk to God out loud and say, Lord, I need your help today. And just pray about all these things. And, and, and the Lord helps my prayer life. Amen? Yeah. You got to stay up in prayer. Because I believe that today oftentimes we find that we are not praying Christians. Right. We pray as Christians. Okay. But we're not praying Christians. And God's asking us to be people, men and women of prayer. Amen? Amen. You know, oftentimes, so oftentimes, we find in this life, uh, we got to go to a verse real quick. Hold your finger there in Matthew, and we're going to go to 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3. This relates to our prayer life. 2 Timothy chapter 3. Second Timothy chapter 3, looking at verse 1. When you get there, you can say amen. amen. The Bible says there, but know this, that in the last days, what kind of times? Amen. Perilous times will come. Men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to amen. parents. I heard the parents say amen, right? Yeah, amen. All right. Th- unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving slanderers without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of, of God. Now, who is that describing? That's, that's describing the, the people out there in the world, right? The people out there on the strip, right? Who's that talking about? Uh, (laughs) The next verse says, the next verse says, having a form of godliness, but denying the, the power thereof. From such people turn away. I find oftentimes that we can come to church and we can sing the songs and we can be all happy on Sabbath, but what are we like the rest of the week? We come in our ties and our suits and our nice shoes on and our hair done. But what happens Monday? Actually, what happens Saturday night? Saturday? Yeah, you, know, you know what I'm talking about, right? What happened Saturday night? What happened last night? And God is asking us, is it simply a form of godliness? Or are we really experiencing the power that God has for us in our lives? You know, one of the reasons I, le- I left church when I was young, I grew up in church, but I left, didn't want to be a part of it. And the reason was because I saw no power in it. People get up on Sabbath and talk one way on Sabbath, but talk a different way on the rest of the week. People preach the word of God, but see no power in it. You yeah, can keep it real, right? Amen? And I felt like, well, what's the point? The, the word of God has power. The word of God talks about powerful things. But why are these things not happening in our church? And I, just wanted, I, I said, I'm gonna, I don't want this thing. Why? What's the point? What's the point? And God is saying to us, we need to keep it real. Amen? Yes. It's not about the form. It's not about the fashions. It's about having a heart that's full of love and service for God. Amen. God is asking us to lay off the form of godliness and to put on the true armor of God. Praying always with all prayer and supplication. Amen? Amen. Oh, man, we need praying saints. We need people that are willing to to sacrifice sleep to say, Lord, I need to pray for this brother or pray for this sister. Amen? Amen. I believe we should see people being healed. Amen? Amen. People being delivered from the enemy. The power of that word is there, but we have to grab a hold of it. We got to grab a hold of it. So, going back to Matthew chapter 26, we see there, once again, the disciples. Claiming to be followers of God, but in reality, they are failing miserably. And the Bible says to watch and pray. Now let me ask you a question again. When Christ told them to watch, what were they supposed to be watching? Watch and pray. What were they supposed to watch? Cause like they're praying, right? Their eyes should be closed. <laughs> what were they gonna watch? I have heard people say we need to watch for we need to watch for the signs of the times, yeah? We need to watch for this to happen and, and for that to happen, but what were they supposed to be watching? What was it? What are you watching? What are we watching? What are our eyes upon? What are we looking at throughout the week? Watching the TV? Watching those movies? Watching the opposite sex? Well. We have a good, good class coming tonight, amen? Looking forward to that. What are we watching? What are our eyes being fixed upon? What are we focusing on in our lives? What is our attention being drawn towards? Christ told them, I want you to watch. And guess who he wanted them to watch? Himself. Why? He wanted them to watch himself because he was suffering through a time that he did not want to have to suffer through. He did not want to have to go through that time. But what was his prayer? What did he pray? Not my will, but thy will be. He was saying, watch what I do. Watch how I pray. Watch how I give of myself, even though my natural inclination is to not do that thing. Beloved, God is so desperately looking for people that are willing to give their all. Oh, y'all didn't hear me, did you? (laughs) God is desperately looking for people who are willing to give their all. Even when they don't want to give it. To give it. That's what God is asking for. Just to watch. What are you watching? God wants us to watch him. Look onto, looking on to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, amen, despising the shame, and is now set down at the right hand of the throne of God. He's the only one that can get us through this race. It's, he, he's the only one. And he's done it before so he can watch and help us to do it as well. I want to read that verse 41 one more time. Look at there, Matthew 26, verse 41. It says, watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. So he talked about prayer, about watching, watching Jesus. But I have this question for you. I ask a lot of questions. I want us to be thinking here. The Bible says, the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is, what does that mean? What is the spirit willing to do? Because we know the spirit is willing, amen? Amen. But what is it willing to do? And the flesh is weak. How many of you know that, amen? (laughs) Yeah, I know that. What is the spirit willing to, to do? that word there the spirit is willing willing is a greek word of course and the greek word is prothumos can y'all say that with me pro thumos prothumos what does that mean ha <laughs> i don't know. prothumos it basically means pro or for going towards and thumos meaning sacrifice suffering the spirit is willing to sacrifice but the flesh is is weak the question we need to ask ourselves is are we willing to Sacrifice are we willing to give of ourselves Christ was saying watch me watch me look at me Look at what I'm doing because if you do you'll be able to follow in my footsteps But if you're not watching, if you're sleeping, if you're not paying attention to what I am doing, you will not be able to, to make it. Because guess what? The disciples were following Jesus into the Garden of Gethsemane, but did they follow him out? Were they right behind him? Look at verse 56, I believe it is. Verse 56 says, But all this was done that the scriptures of the prophets might be fulfilled. Then some of the disciples, ah, Yeah, there you go. Then all of the disciples forsook him and? Beloved, they forsook their identity. Disciples of Christ are to do what? To follow. But what did they do? forsook him and fled, because they failed to watch, because they failed to understand what it meant to sacrifice, because of that, they were unable to fulfill their mission and identity as disciples of Christ. How many of us are the same way? Lord, help us. We need to be true disciples of Christ that are willing to give all that we have for the cause of Jesus. Amen? What does that mean, being willing to give? What does it mean being willing to sacrifice? You know, I find today that, that our, uh, our myself, I'm not going to say our church because I, I don't want to put us out there, myself, I am not willing to sacrifice as I ought to. You know, I was talking about thinking about this the other day and God was saying to me, Wesley, you know, you've been saving up money and tr- for this and for that or whatever, and, and what if I asked you to go into your bank account and to give all that you have? What if I asked you, to sacrifice the job that you have right now and be a volunteer somewhere else? What if I asked you to do something that you do not want to do? What would be your response? Would I do it? Or would I not? God is asking us, are we willing to sacrifice? Are we willing to give what we have? You know, if if you look in the Word of God, I I oftentimes wondered why. Why? It It seemed as though the apostles had so much power, and why we have so little power. Why it was that, that people could go to Paul and grab a, a handkerchief and rub it off his, off, his, off his clothes somewhere and go take it to someone else and heal someone. Yeah. Uh, and we, we, we talked today about trying to do that, and nothing, nothing ever happens, it doesn't seem like. Why is it that the power is lacking? Why is it that it seems like these things are happening so few and far between? Wow, look at Paul. Look at his life. Oh, man, this dude. He was for real, man. Paul went into a city. He started preaching, right? Preaching the gospel of the kingdom. Preaching, preaching, preaching. And the people in that town say, we don't want you here. Get out of here. They try to stone him. He goes to the next town. The people in the first town follow him to the next town. And they follow him and say, hey, we don't want you here either. And they take him out outside of the city. They literally stone him with stones to the point where they think that he is dead. He is left there. The disciples come around him. I can imagine they have a prayer session right there, and they're praying for for Paul. He arises from what they thought was death. He gets up. And walks straight back into that town and begins preaching the gospel again. Who in here has that spirit? (laughs) I want to see those things happen in our day, Amen? amen? Where's the power in God's word? But God told me, Weston, the reason we don't see that power here and now is because you're not willing to sacrifice like Paul was willing to sacrifice. Right. He put everything on the line. He said, I have all in. But where are you in your connection with your Savior? Are you a willing to give all that you have? Beloved, true true love, love in action is sacrifice. Love in action is sacrifice. It's not all the romantic little stuff that we do. We say we love each other. No, it's not about that. That's nice. It's fine. It's good. But true love is sacrificing yourself for the good of others. And that's what God wants to put in our hearts. That type of love, that type of self-sacrifice that's willing to give all for him. There was a a couple that were engaged to be married. And they were in China. And they were practicing there, they were doing their rehearsal for the wedding and they were practicing there. And as they were practicing, the authorities came in and said, we're shutting this seminary, we're shutting this school down. Everyone in here as a minister is going to prison right now, the day before their wedding. They take him off, take him to prison there, and they're, and they're left there to rot in prison. Once a year, they would allow this man to see his fiance. They would bring her in, and they would allow him to talk for a few minutes, and then they would say to him, if you renounce your faith, if you give up your faith, you can go back and be with her and get married to her, and everything will be fine. What do you say? No. Year after year after year, they did the same exact thing. The same exact thing. For 30 years, this woman came back year after year to see her fiance. And they would not renounce their faith for anything. Amen? A young missionary went to visit them because they were released after 30 years. They got married after 30 years. Amen? <laughs> what a time to wait. They got married, and, they, and he noticed how affectionate they were toward each other, and he asked them, why is that? And he said, because we're newlyweds. He told them the story. And as he told him the story, he realized, he said, at the very end, I knew, how could I give up my faith in Christ after he's done so much for me? How could I give up up my faith after he's done so much for me and given his life for me? How could I possibly renounce him? Amen? Amen. Beloved, has has God done much for you? Amen. If he has, we ought to be serving him more fervently. Amen? And that goes for me as well. We ought to be out there as they were sharing, sharing with the community and getting the light of the gospel into the homes of others. Beloved, I encourage you, spend more time looking at Jesus. Spend more time watching him. Yeah, we might be watching the playoffs, (laughs) watching other things, but God's asking us, will you spend some time watching me? Will you spend some time getting to know me? Because I'm telling you right now that there's not going to be a person in heaven who has a starless crown. There's not going to be a person in heaven who has not shared their faith with someone else. Beloved, we're not in the the Seventh-day Adventist club, amen? Amen. We're in a church. We're in a movement that is not standing still, not sitting still. The church is not here. The church needs to be out there, amen? Amen. This is once a week right here, but we need to be out there every day of the week. The church has left the building. (laughs) That's what we need to do. Because our Christianity is not what we see in this place, although we see a part of it here. Our Christianity and our faith is what we see out there every day of the week, every day of the week. I don't know about you, but I want to go home. I want to stop the suffering here on this planet. We have hurting hearts and hurting families and hurting people all over the place. And especially as I drive around this, this city, I see it. I remember knocking on doors here in Las Vegas eight years ago. And seeing so many people that were in need of Jesus. They, they call this sin city, right? But the Bible says where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. Amen? And as I was knocking on doors here in Las Vegas, I saw so many people. I thought, oh, it's the sin city. Were they going to think about bringing Bible books to their doors? And the, no lie, the people here were so much more receptive to the, the gospel than anywhere I have seen before. Right here in Las Vegas, amen? Right in your backyard, amen? Right in your neighborhood. People are seeking to be saved, seeking to be, to be sheltered from the storms of life. And we have the answer, amen? We have the answer right here in this book, amen? We have the answer right here in these little glow tracks, amen? amen? We have the answer to give to them, but oftentimes I even myself forget that the people out there are desperately in need. One man I met, I came into their, 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 their uh, garage there, and they were playing some music, drinking, they were drinking. And I started talking to them about you know, about what I had to offer, and they are like, we don't want anything you have to offer, who are you? Who is Jesus? We're here doing our thing. Drinking up, and i was sharing with him a little bit more stuff. I showed a DVD with him about how Christ is coming soon, and we need to prepare ourselves. He wants you to be ready, I told him. He wants you to be ready for him when he comes. Something I said, I don't know what it was. I was praying the whole time. Something, something I said pricked his heart. And he said, hey, hold on. Give me that DVD, and come outside with me. So I I gave him the DVD. He took me outside he said, you know what, man, I'm not a Christian. I've done a lot of bad things in my life. And he showed me his license plate. He said, this is, this is what I do, man. He said, you know, obviously Las Vegas, XXX on there. That was it. It's like, this is what I do. I'm not a good person. But I heard something speak to me when you were sharing. I heard a voice like saying that Christ truly is coming soon. And there's hope for me, amen? There's hope for me. He said, I want this DVD, and I don't know what it's going to do, but I think it's going to change my life. I hope it does. I hope it does. And you know what? As I think about that that experience, that, that man, I can still see his face right there. I think of all the people who are in a similar position as him right now that needs someone to reach out to him, that needs someone to give him some ray of hope, her, some ray of hope in this darkened, sin-polluted planets. Let us not hold it to ourselves, amen? Let us share the light of Christ with others. Let us share the glorious gospel of Christ with others. What is this church here for? Why are we here? What is our purpose? (laughs) Our purpose is to bring the light of Christ to to this darkened world and the only way it can take place is if we give our hands to Christ and say, Lord, I'm I'm in. I'm willing to sacrifice. I'm willing to give. Right now we're starting a ministry up where I live in Reno and this ministry is built off of sacrifice for all that are going to be involved. Those of you that were at the constituency meeting heard about it maybe a little bit. We showed a video about it. It's called Thrive. Combining canvassing, Bible work, medical missionary work together, and going out to reach the community. Having young people, old people, all kinds of people working together to share the gospel, knock on doors, do free health clinics, uh, do cooking schools, and all kinds of different avenues of reaching out to people and, and sharing the gospel with people in that way in the whole entire city. That's our goal. But it's going to take sacrifice because there's no money. <laughs> there's no money to pay all these individuals that are, that are coming. But they want to sacrifice what they have so that the gospel may go to the world. Amen? Amen. The, Christ himself said, foxes have holes, birds of the air have nests, but the son of man has nowhere to lay his... He has nowhere to lay his hands he Christ lived a life that was fully not for himself, but fully for others. Will we choose to do the same thing? we choose to do the same thing? There was a young man in the Vietnam crisis who was a valiant soldier. Before he became a soldier, him and his... Him and his Father loved to collect various and wonderful works of art, famous paintings, awesome, beautiful, expensive paintings. They would collect and, and they would see and they would and they would look at and, and they would purchase for themselves. Well, the the, the the son went off to war. He became a medic in the in the in the army there. And as he was in the army, he, there was heavy heavy fire, and someone was was wounded in the line of battle. So instead of leaving them there, he went to try and, and help them and bring them to safety. And as he's bringing them to safety, trying to get to a foxhole, he's shot in the back, and he falls dead as the man he's saving falls into the foxhole. The man, he dies. But the man that was saved wanted to do something to show his appreciation. So he was an artist himself, and he knew that his friend had been had loved various works of art. So he figured, the best thing I can do right here, the best thing I can do right now is to actually just draw a painting of my friends who sacrificed all for me. So he did that. He painted a wonderful mural of his friend. After he was finished, he went to the father's house and he said, "Ah, your son saved my life. I would have died if it had not been for him. And I wanted to do something to show my appreciation. He shows him the painting there. As he shows him the painting, he begins to cry and says, that that, that looks so much like my son. He went in there to the main room in his house, and he took off the painting he had there and put on on that wall the painting of his son. And whenever people would come to visit him and to, to look at his vast collection of paintings, before they would go to the gallery, they would first go to his, that, 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 that front room. And they would, he would show him or show them the picture of the son and s- tell the story of how he would sacrificed everything for someone else. Well, later on, the father passed away as well and they were gonna have an auction for his estate. They were gonna auction off all of his possessions and and all of the famous collectors were there ready to to, to have a a bid at the wonderful paintings that he had collected over the years. And they're all there, hundreds of them there in the the auditorium waiting, 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 and they, they put the first painting there on the stage. And the first one is, guess what? The painting of the sun. Boom, right there. And they're like, who is this? Who painted this? We don't want this. And the auctioneer began to auction off this painting and said, uh, who will give $300? Who will give $300 for this painting of, the, of his son? And they're like, we don't want that. We want the famous Van Goghs and the, and, the, and, the, and the awesome paintings and the expensive paintings. We don't want this one right here. Who wants this one right here? Take it off the stage. Who will give two hundred? Who will give two hundred? Man, what's she doing with that, that 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 painting on there? We don't want that painting. Take it off. Who will give a hundred? Who will give hundred? Who will give a hundred for the sun? The sun, the sun. Who who will take the sun? No one would take the sun. We don't want it. Get it off the stage. In the back of the auditorium stood a man. He was actually the gardener of the estate. And he said, I'll take it, but I don't, I don't have much money. I have hardly anything, actually. But I want it, because I knew the son. I spent a lot of time with him, and I knew how, how much of a great guy he was, and how much he lived not for himself but for others. I'll, I'll take it. I don't know how much I, I have to give, but I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it. Who gives 10? Who gives t- No, give it to him for nothing. Just give it to him. Give him that painting. We don't want it. They gave him the painting. He came up and received it. He took it out of the, out of the building. And as he was leaving the building the auctioneer started packing up his materials. He put away his gavel. He put away his stuff into his brief- briefcase and began to walk out of the building. And the people said, "What are you doing?" Where are you going? We we want to see the paintings. Where where are you leaving to? Why are you leaving this building? We want to see what's going to take place. We want to see these these amazing pictures. And the auctioneer said, no. There was a special stipulation in the will of the man. He said that if anyone was to take the son, they would get everything. The auction is done, and that man who for nothing took the son receives everything. The son, the son, who will take the son? Beloved, God's asking us that question right now, and too often times today we reject God and His grace. We reject what he's done for us and the sacrifice that he's given for our very lives. And we don't want to take him. We want to take the the things of this world. But God is saying, no, don't take those things. Take me. And when you take me, you receive everything. When you give to me, I will give you back more, tenfold, fortyfold, a hundredfold. Amen? Amen? But take Me be willing to sacrifice as I sacrifice, take me, and you will receive everything. I want to ask you this morning, this afternoon, if there's someone here that says, You know what? I have not been watching Jesus as I should, I have not been praying as I should. I have not been looking at Jesus as I should. And you say, I want to look at him. I want to I look at him more. I want to strengthen my life of prayer. I want you to stand up this morning. Just stand to your feet. Is anyone here? God will strengthen you, amen? He's asking us if we'll take him and take what he has to offer to us. But we have to be willing to give of ourselves to him and say, Lord, I am yours. Lord, I am yours. Take me as holy thine. I am weak and I am poor, but Lord, take me. Take me as holy thine. The Son is calling out to us today, saying, The Son the son who will take Jesus as Lord and Savior of our lives. But we have a choice to make. We have a decision to make today whether or not we're going to serve God. And I want to ask someone here, you've heard what I've said, you've heard the Holy Spirit speaking, and you say, I want to do more to reach out to others and sacrifice myself. Just raise your hand. I want to do more to sacrifice myself and give myself for others god sees your hands god sees your hands and he'll bless that decision every head bowed and every eye closed lord jesus lord i believe you want to empower your church and 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 make this community understand that there is a god in this place And you've seen the hands of those that have raised their hands. You've seen those that have stood, dear God. But Lord, maybe there's someone here as well that is saying in their heart of hearts, I want to give my heart to Jesus, and I want to be baptized. I want to give all to him and and go into the watery grave of baptism and then come back up anewed and renewed in Christ Jesus. If that's you, if there's anyone here standing under the sound of my voice this morning, just come to the front. Amen.